This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. We're blessed, yes. favored. Yes. You recognize where you are, right? Yes. You recognize where you are. I mean, spiritually, do you recognize where you are? You know, you're a child of God. You know, the almighty God is your father. Can I have some more volume, please? Um, <clears throat> my voice is a bit unclear this morning. Do, do you know that God loves you much more than you can ever think or imagine? Oh, let's start with that because you've got to be able to understand that. If that is real for you, then I can share what God has asked me to share. Because if that is not real for you, then we've got to start from somewhere else completely. You know that God Almighty is your Father. Yes. And that you know that He owns the earth and everything. Yes. He owns the heaven. Yes. He owns the earth. Yes. And He owns hell. Yes. 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 You know that, right? Yes. That the hell is not the devil's own. It's God's property. Yes. But it's God's prison for the devil. Yes. Hallelujah. So the devil might do whatever he wants to do in hell, but God still called the shots. So God, the almighty father, he's your father. He's the sustainer of our system. And it's important for us to know that. Because the word that I'm bringing to you today is understanding that you are a possessor. Understanding. We started this on Friday and we talked about, you know, the possessor. And this is just the second part of it. So if you weren't here on, on Friday, you missed out. Okay. Because there are things, even if I have to, you know, repeat what we talked about on Friday, it won't be the same. Um, and it just helps us to understand that God is way much uh, bigger than the confines that we build around him. It's much more It does extend further. I'll share with others. Because it's important that we understand that even our online recordings and things of that nature are only just resources for us. Because then you can go back and have another service. Ephesians chapter... One. Verse one. It's a Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of Ephesus. Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. So he became an apostle by the will of God, not just because he wanted to, not just because he liked the idea of being called an apostle. He said, by the will of God. And we remember that to me fully. Come on, let's do this work. And now, this man is writing to the saints at Ephesus. But we understand that the saints are no longer there, but we still have the letter. So it means that, is that they are saints. In as much as they were humans, but they are saints. 
So to the sense of, as a feast, so say grace be peace from God our Father uh, in your mind or on your notes or wherever you are reading it from. That who hath blessed us? So it's not about, it's not, it's, not, it's not only just promising, I will bless you. No, he said, Amen. He said who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And another word I would like you to underline is the word all with your mouth. So thou shalt meditate on it day and night so that you can observe to do according to all that there is in. You shall have good success. But as long as we are God's people, we are heirs of God, aren't we? All right, Romans chapter number 8, verse 15. So for as many, sorry, verse 15, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In other words, you are now part and parcel of his family. You've been adopted into his family. So the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Hallelujah. Do you accept that? Because you've got to accept this for us to proceed. The Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You know, when I, you know, when I did my first degree, uh, there were particular courses that you could not take if you had not passed some. If you failed that one, you just know you've added a year. And I failed one. That was how I knew. There's a backstory behind that. It's not because I was dumb. Just saying. But I failed it, and I just realized, oops. And then I had to do it again. And then I passed it, thank God. But I just knew, instead of doing a particular course for six years, it's going to be seven. And that was in my first year. So it was not like I was already in fourth year. No, in my first year, I knew I wouldn't complete that course in six years. Feels like the children of Israel going around in, you know, in the wilderness for 40 years. All right. Now, hear this. So the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Are we? Yes. Great. He said, and if children, if children, then heirs. So if we are God's children, it means that we are inheritors. Inheritors of what? Talk to me. Inheritors of what? <laughs> you see, God spoke to, um, not, not God now, uh, Melchizedek spoke about Abraham. Melchizedek was the king of Salem. Now, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews 7, it said he had no beginning or end of days. It said Jesus came into the order of Melchizedek. So let's leave that there. It's a bit complicated, more than that. It's more complex. All right. But Melchizedek, when he met Abraham, when Abraham was coming from the slaughter of kings, he met him and said, blessed be Abraham. 
of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. The only part that, that um, you know, saddens me a little bit is some translation refers that possessor of heaven and earth to God. We already know God is a possessor of heaven and earth. But that was not what the scripture was saying there. It was talking about Abraham, the possessor of heaven and earth. Because God already gave himself as Abraham's reward. He said, Abraham, I am your reward. In other words, regardless of what you do, you gain me. You gain me. So anyone whose God is his reward is a possessor. Hallelujah. So, so here it, it's saying, it said, the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God. So if God is the owner of heaven and earth, and then you are heirs, what does that mean? What are you inheriting? Heaven and earth. Thank you so much. You're inheriting heaven and earth. Do you know why? Because that was why Jesus gave you his name. He said, at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, both of things on earth, in heaven, and under the earth. He said, at the mention of the name of Jesus. In other words, you have authority in these three realms. Can you see how the extent of your authority, the extent of your ownership, Because the scripture says so. I wish I was the one who made it up. But the scripture says so. Hallelujah. See, and if children, then hairs. Hairs of God. And joint hairs. With Christ. Joint inheritors. With Christ. Joint. Joint. I, I love the idea of joint. It's equal ownership. Although you didn't bring anything to this contract. But it's equal ownership. Just for saying, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I'm born again today. You become equal. Hallelujah. We've been accepted in the beloved. Accepted. We are part takers. Of the divine nature. Partakers. Participator. Are we still here? So now that we understand the extent of our wealth. And kingdom. It's important to deal with the mentality that we're bringing from somewhere else. It's important to deal with it. Because <clears throat> uh, the word of God says, the hair, Galatians chapter 4 again, the hair, as long as he's a child. So we've got to deal with the child mentality. Because the child cannot be a possessor. We talked about Hebrews chapter 4, the last, or rather chapter 5, the last time. So when you ought to be teachers, you still have a need for, to be taught the basic principles of the doctrine of Christ. The elementary principles. The kindergarten principles of the doctrine of Christ. Say, but, but by your age, you should already be in high school, but you're still being spoken to as though you are in kindergarten. Because 
there are some things that needs to shift for you to be able to consume strong food and not be reliant on milk. Milk is good. There's cashew in milk. It helps your teeth grow and be strong. Right? And why? And your bones stronger. Right? But, but the teeth is not just decoration. It's meant to crack bones. Isn't it? I know of some people, and they are here right now, who don't eat bones. It's okay. I'm not talking about you. But it's meant to crack bones. Really. It is. Strong food belongs to those who are mature. When our kids were growing up, we ensure that the fish does not have bones. We ensure that, you know, the bones in the chicken is possibly taken off, especially this, the, the ones that was, you know, get stuck in their throat. We give them, you know, something soft. You, you actually overcook it to ensure that they can digest it. But now, you give it to them. They can sort out the bones. One of my kids, he knows how to go straight down, like mother, like son. Straight down. Praise God. <laughs> Am I in trouble yet? Okay. Hallelujah. So we are joint heirs with Christ. But there are some things that need to go. Number one. The hair with an attitude problem. The hair with an attitude problem is still a baby. What, is, what, what does the scripture say? I'll show it to you very quickly. Philippians chapter 2. Verse number 5. And I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. It said, Have this same attitude in yourself, which was in Christ Jesus. Say, Look to him as your example in selfless humility. Selfless humility who, although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God, as one with him, possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality with God as a thing to be grasped or asserted, as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it. Huh, did you see that? Did you see that? He said he didn't consider that he has to show that, you see, I'm Jesus. I'm the one that I've been spoken about. You see, the whole world belongs to me. Actually, do you know I actually created heavens and earth? Get to know who you're talking about, Pharisees. No, he didn't talk to them that way. He put down all of those. When, even when he stood before Pilate, Pilate said, do you know I have the power to release you? He said, the power is not of you. So my kingdom is not of this world. He spoke in language that Pilate could not understand. But he could have said, do you know what? I own you, Pilate. 
I created you. He could have told Pilate his great-grandfather's story and said to Pilate, Pilate, do you, do you know how the world was before you came here? You know I'm the son of the most. He could have said that. But he didn't say that. The Bible tells us about his humility. He said, I like the last part. Have a look at it again, right? <clears throat> Verse number six. He said, who, although he's talking about Jesus, although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God as one with him, possessing the fullness of all the attributes, divine attributes, the entire nature of deity, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted. Well, what comes to mind when he talks about grasped is to be boasted about. He didn't need to boast that, do you know I'm equal with God? He didn't need to boast about it because he, he, he was sure of his identity. Yeah. The devil came to him and said, if you are, he said, get behind me. Yeah. Right? So you shall not tempt the Lord your God. See, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted as if he did not already possess it. As if he, he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it. So he wasn't afraid of losing it. He wasn't thinking, oh, I've got to do this so that I can keep, keep my place in heaven. Are you still here? Ah, oh, 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 oh. You're too quiet for me. It's, do you know why Jesus did not have a doubt about who he is? He didn't think, oh, well, if I don't say these things, I will lose my place in heaven. Until Jesus came to earth as Jesus Christ, he did not exist in heaven as Jesus. Oh, God. All right, Holy Spirit. He did not exist in heaven as Jesus. He existed in heaven as the word of God. Actually, the, the angels did not even know him. That was why they were bamboozled when the child of God was born on that night. It was the first time they've ever laid eyes on him. The first time. While the whole earth was sleeping, the angels were awaiting the birth of Jesus. They wanted to be the first people to see him. And that was why they declared joy to the world. Because that's the first place the son was revealed. He was not the son in heaven. He never existed as Jesus in heaven. He only existed, check Genesis chapter 1. He only existed as the word of God. And that word was in God. So you cannot tell the word apart from God himself. So that was why he was not thinking, now that I'm on earth, I might lose my place, because he didn't have a place. He was God himself. So since he was the totality of God, regardless of how he had exalted himself, it would not have been overemphasized. He called us, but he refused to. Are we still here? 
All right. If you still have questions about what I just talked about, then it's time to go to call. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. The hair with an attitude problem. Humility does not mean you will lose if you don't assert your position. You won't lose anything. Actually, your position is even more solidified the more humble you are. The more humble you are. Think about the prodigal son's brother. His problem was not his younger brother, the prodigal son. His problem was an attitude problem. He had a slave mentality. Inasmuch as he owned everything, actually everything that was left completely belonged to him. He had an attitude problem. His, his brother came back and said, why is he back? Why is he back? And dad, why, why, how dare you throw a party for him? He said, I've always been with you. Have you thrown a party for me? I work like every other person. Who are the every other person? The Bible tells us this man had two sons. And then now he is he's comparing himself to every other person. Because he had a slave mentality. He worked like a slave. He didn't understand his position in the house. His brother understood the position. He said, Father, I need all that belongs to me. I'm going away. And then the, father, the, the brother misused everything. Shame on him. But then he didn't forget where he belonged. I'll go unto my father. Actually, misinterpreted. Because whatever was left was not for the father, was for the brother. Are you still here? Because when you are asking for an inheritance, you are actually saying, Dad, I need my inheritance because to me you are as good as dead. So the father will share the inheritance not between the three of you, you know, first son, second son, and him. No, because he no longer has a place in that. So the father shares inheritance between the, the two sons. So once he has given what belongs to the younger brother to him, every other thing that is left now belongs to the older brother. Yeah. Yeah. So he could have said, I will go unto my brother. But it feels like he already understood that his brother has an attitude problem yeah. and a wrong mentality. Yeah. So no, I will go unto my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Take me as one of your hired servants. But actually, if there were five servants, there were six servants in the house. Because the brother who owned everything enlisted himself as a servant. Although he owned the whole estate. Say, but you are trying party for this guy. He's reckless. So it's okay. So, however, what's your problem, though? Everything, everything in this house is yours. You've never asked me for anything. 
And I have not asked you why you have not asked me for anything because everything is yours. Attitude problem. Two things to deal with there. The problem with their attitude and also the problem with their mentality. The second one is the slave with, uh, uh, rather the hair with a slave mentality, which we've just talked about. The third one is the hair with a servant heart. So, so what's the difference between a slave mentality and a servant heart? The servant heart says, I am the boss, but I'll still do anything that needs to be done. But the slave says, I cannot come up to that level, but I'll continue to do this and curse the boss. Right? Every slave calls their master. Because it, yeah. Because they would have loved to have a day off. But I've got to do it. I want to have a day off. I can't have a day off. Why are they always treating, treating me like this? When I come in my next world, in next life I will be, yeah, but in this life that you are in right now, do you understand that you are here? That when you dump the slave mentality, you can become a possessor. When you dump the whinging and complaining and fault finding, you can become a possessor. When you dump, they don't see me. Well, do you know how much I've immersed? Do you know how rich I am? Or do you know how much education I have? When you dump all that thought, you can become a possessor. Are you still here? Because a possessor is not as a result of how much you have. It's how much you can give away. That leads us to our first one, fourth one. The hair. A generous load. A generous load. Or rather, the generous hair. The Bible tells us, it said, the righteous man scatters seeds. Psalm 112. The righteous man scatters seeds. And because of that, his righteousness endures forever. He said, there's he that tended to withdraw, to withhold. You see, and it tends, or rather, there's he that withholds and it tends to poverty. And there is he that scatters. And for him that scatters is prosperity. It's prosperity. Now think about that hair again in uh, Galatians chapter 4. It said the hair, as long as the child does not differ from a slave or from a servant, although he be lord of all. Now, when he knows that he is Lord of all and he becomes generous, guess what will happen? He becomes a possessor. Because when the father realizes that he's, he's, um, he is finding a way to be generous to people, to give to the poor, inviting the poor home, you know, giving them food and treating the slaves better, he will start to watch and go, oh, right, okay, I'll give, you know, you have more, more opportunity. All right, you can take over this there while I'm still alive. He becomes a possessor. Hallelujah. 
You see, when you're generous, the Bible tells us in, in, in book of uh, Isaiah chapter 58, it said the generous one, it said to them a light burst forth in darkness. So the light burst forth in darkness. So you might think you are in the wrong place. But all of a sudden you realize, I brought my own atmosphere. You know that. You carry your own atmosphere. You carry your own atmosphere. In my house, we love perfumes. As in, we love perfumes. Perfumes. And, um, but my wife wears this beautiful perfume that when she is in the midst of so many, I still know she's there because I can smell it. Because I bought it. And at times, she walks away from the room. And I come into the room, and I didn't know she had been there. And I smell it, and I know she had been there. It ought to be with you. It ought to be with you. That when you have been in a place, you leave, you leave something behind. Let the world know you were there. In your generosity, in the way that you speak, in the way that you live your life. Let the world know. The Bible tells us that we are, we, we are the perfume of Christ. Let the world know. You know, there are some perfumes that irritates. You sneeze and sneeze and sneeze. Go, oh God, can they just turn it off? Don't be that. Because you're the perfume of Christ. People smell that. They don't want to be a child of God. For the sake of Christ, wear better perfume. Are you still here? It's true. And you know what I mean by that, right? Bring better character. Speak the right words. Because then that's when you can become a real possessor. I've got a whole lot to share and my time is up. The problem I do with part three of this, isn't it? No, we talked about the prodigal son very briefly, right? But there's that son that is called the wasteful hair. There's a difference between generosity and waste. The wasteful hair. Now, the book of James tells us something about waste. It says you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. To use it upon your own lust. So, in other words, God could look at a heart and go, this is all about you. No one is benefiting from your, heart, from your life. Why should you have more checks handed to you? In a sense. No one is benefiting. And besides that, if your pantry at home is full and is full of expired products, you, you only have the idea of, oh, my pantry is still full. How lovely is my pantry? You see, all of those things, they won't say, I'm expired, you know, I'm expired. No, they, they sit there generously. They sit there cute. 
All right? But then, then someone picks it and goes, I'd like to have some, you know, uh, jam. And just before they open it, it's never been opened. And then they look and go, oh, oops, 2002. It expired. But it still looks new. And then you switch into uh, a defensive mode. I've never opened it. It's never been opened. It might still be good, you know. But it's long expired. You ought to have given it away. If you were generous, you wouldn't have a 20, uh, 2019 or 2002 jam in your pantry. And now we're using pantry as an example, but it's still the same thing with our life. We've got to be generous with our life, not wasteful, but generous. Because when it comes to wasteful, it means it's only just on yourself, you yourself and you alone. Me, my children, my father, my uncle, everything about yourself. But when it comes to other people, you go, but I don't have it. I don't have it. Don't worry, I'll pray for you. (laughs) No, there are some things you don't need to pray about. You just do it. Say, if it's within your power and you refuse to do it, it becomes a sin. You know, at at times some of us are praying against, you know, Lord, forgive me my sin. but, But do you know what sin you've committed? You understand? Yes. And I, and I pity those who pray about, you know, both knowingly and unknowingly. <laughs> you know? But, but, but the, the thing is, you've got to understand. The Bible says if, you, if it's within your power to do good and you refuse to do it, it's said to you, it is sin. Yeah. Let's do one more. It's 11 o'clock. Let's do one more. Still have about seven to go. The snooze-addicted hair. Did you hear that? It's addicted to snooze. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. You know, some of us, we are so there. We just know that our, you know, our alarm is about to go off. You know, you're already awake. And then it goes off. It's like, oh, God. Then you snooze it. I've been there before, so I know what I'm saying. <laughs> then he snooze it. He snoozes for probably another eight minutes, right? And then po- possibly you go back to sleep, yeah, but only for four minutes. And then you are awake, waiting for that alarm to go off again so that you can snooze it again. How many of us know what I'm talking about? Is it only just me? Thank you. Thank you so much. You could snooze your physical alarm, but you cannot snooze your life alarm. You can't snooze your life alarm. Why? Of course, if you snooze, you lose, right? You miss out completely. You can't snooze your life alarm. You cannot be addicted to snoozing as God's child. I just need time for myself. Oh, okay. Joshua chapter 18, my last scripture. Joshua 18. Is this useful? Thank you for the two people that said yes. Thank you. At least I'm here just for those two people today. (laughs) 
Joshua 18, verse 1. Then the whole congregation, uh, actually, let me read from the King James Version. Say, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up a tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land, and the land, so we're talking about the land that God promised to them to go into. So now they are already in the land. Are you still here? So they are already in the land. He said, and the land was subdued before them. Wow. The land was subdued before them. In other words, they already took charge of the land. Fantastic. Verse number two. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes, which had not yet received their inheritance. You'll see the reason in the next verse. But they had not received their inheritance yet, as though it's not been allotted to them. It's not because of that. Hear what Joshua said. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack? How long are ye slack to go to possess the land which the Lord of God uh, the Lord God of your father had given you. How long will you continue to snooze? The land is subdued before you already. And then you're still sitting here. You're not taking possession. Why? How long? How long? It's time to take possession. Because, you see, God already told us, just when we're about to step into our new year, this trans-edge new year, right? He said, I'm bringing you into a land. See, a land of brook of water. A land of plenty. See, I'm bringing you there. And in Isaiah 54, it says, extend, extend, extend your tent, strengthen the cords. Why? Because he wants you to create capacity. And for some of us, we're going, all right, you want us to bring a container? All right, I'll bring my water bottle. While some others are bringing trucks. I'll bring my water bottle. It's okay. I just don't want to finish it. Really? Do you know God? No, if you want to have an idea, just a tiny little bit of an idea about God, don't Google him. <laughs> really, don't Google him. Go to the beach and just look at the expense of the sea. And that is only a tiny little bit of a perception. Tiny little bit. And count how many beaches are there in the world. Just the expanse alone will worry your mind. And then it says, extend your, you know, extend your capacity and then you bring a water bottle. You come with a small, fit mindset. The next one I was going to talk about was the scientific hair. The scientific hair does not look at, are you sure this is going to work, God? Are you sure this is going to work? No. The scientific hair mixes the word that they hear with faith. So every time they are in church, they are in a laboratory. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Can we stand on our feet? Oh, glory to God. I could keep going that way and we won't finish at 12. But I, I hope that you go away today knowing fully well that there's so much in store for you. But you've got to call it into this realm. It's got to become usable. It's already in your possession. But it's got to become usable. If you need to convert it from the spiritual currency to a physical currency, you've got to do it. And one of the ways to do it is what we've been talking about. Get rid of that messy attitude. Get rid of that, you know, pride. Get rid of, um, you know, shipwrecked attitude. Get rid of it. Don't snooze your life away. God said, Isaiah chapter, chapter 6, whom shall I call and who will go? And that question is still hovering today. So you all belong to me, but whom shall I call? Who will go? Thank God for Isaiah. See, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Here I am. Are you here? Ready to be sent? Or are you saying, here I am, but send him? Are we ready to be sent? Because to be sent, you've got to be purified. Think about Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6. Go read it for yourself. You've got to be purified. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, it took a king to die for Isaiah to see the Lord. And that became a reference point for him. Don't let, something, don't let something disturbing happen in your life first before you see the Lord. Don't let something disturbing, a historic event, happen before you acknowledge the King of glory. So in the year that King Uzziah died, I, I saw the Lord seated you know, on his throne. And his trail filled the temple. And he described the heavenly realm. So based on this description, I felt small. I felt like nothing. And I said of me, woe is me because I'm a man of unclean lips. But the angel came to me with a coal of fire. Oops, coal of fire and touched my lip. You know, there, there are some of us that call of fire is coming to, to touch your heart, touch your lips, touch your mindset. Because that call of fire is meant to purify, not to burn you, but to purify, not to make you feel bad, but to purify. You know, some of you might go away right now and be thinking, oh, well, he was just talking about me. How dare he? Uh-huh. It's that call of fire. It came. But you felt the pain instead of the purification. It's meant to change you. And the angel said to him, Behold, this has touched your lips. And you have been made whole now. You have been cleaned. It was after that that he heard the voice, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? God is always saying that, but you don't hear it until you are purified. Is there someone in this place today 
Who will say, God, I want to come into that place where I can experience you for myself and not depend on the experiences of others to know you. Because some of us have become Christians just because our friends are Christians. Some of us have become, not rather become Christians, you come to church, you, you call yourself a Christian because your friends are Christian or because your parents are Christian. It's time for you to know God for yourself. It's no longer time that you can hide under the shadow of others and go, yeah, I go to church too, you know, I'm religious. It's not a title. It's a life. I was still here. It's a life. And it ought to be. It ought to be. You know what? It's time for us to tell the truth to ourselves. Because Jesus is coming soon. We can't waste our time now. We can't waste our time now. There's so much to be done in the shortest time that we have available. And it's time for us to tell you the truth. If we can't tell you the truth, then we've failed in our job. Jesus is coming soon. Would you consider giving your life to Jesus today? Or perhaps, if you've already given your life to Jesus, probably to rededicate your life to him. Say, Lord, I just want to change the way I live. I want to accept your word for what it is. It might not make sense to me right now, but I trust you. I trust you. And if you're that person, can I pray with you? Can you just come up here this afternoon and we'll pray with you in the next few minutes and we'll be out of here. If you are that person, just come in and say, Lord, I want to rededicate my life to you. I just want to change the way I used to live. It, it might not even be that you have been living a terrible life. It might just be the way you have been thinking. It might just be the wrong type of thought, the wrong type of relationship, the wrong type of, type of being. But it's time to change that and say, Lord. You see, when you study it, you realize that Isaiah was not even a bad person in the first place. But he considered himself a man of unclean lips. Who knew what he's done with his lips? Who knew how many fables, how many stories he has told? But he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. And when your lip is unclean, it dirties the whole body. Are you that person today that will say, Lord, I want to, I want to rededicate my life to you. I don't just want to be called a Christian. I want to be a Christian. Are you that person? I want to give my life to you, Jesus. I'll give you 30 more seconds. This might just be the time, the best time for you. And if you're online, watching this online, it might just be the best time for you to rededicate your life to Jesus and say, Lord, come into my heart. Become the Lord of my life. You know, I've called you into my heart before, but you were not Lord. I did not make you Lord. But from now onwards, I want you to become the Lord of my life. Are you that person? Just for the sake of those people online who might be making a decision, can we all pray together? Can you pray this prayer with me this afternoon? Or rather this morning. Lord, I come to you today. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and you sent him to the world to die for me. I believe that he rose again for my justification. From now onward, I give my life to you. Take hold of me, Jesus. Become the Lord of my life so that I'll never be alone. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, something has just happened. Particularly not to your physical body. You may not have felt anything in your body, but your spirit has just been changed. And that's the real you. Your spirit has been changed, and don't take that for granted. Don't take that lightly. And let us know that you've made that decision today so that we can follow up with you and help you to live an amazing life moving forward. You can speak like Isaiah. Lord, I'm here. Use me. In Jesus' name. Amen. The message you've heard was produced by the Transformation Edge, and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website, www.thetransedge.com, or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com, or on Facebook, The Transedge Church. You may wish to call us on 02-4731-2419. The Transedge, a change is inevitable.